Welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, now a story about workplace uh, safety, or I guess safety more for people who are affected by an employee, in this case, a subway train driver, and that employee's right to use pain medication, specifically CBD oil, cannabis oil. A woman named Elaine Farrell, she's 59. Uh, she's a subway operator, subway driver, and she's uh, she suffered from herniated discs in her lower back and fibromyalgia that she says causes widespread pain. Uh, she got this about 12 years ago when she actually was in a different job with the TTC. She was a fare collector. And she started taking opioids at that time uh, for the pain. It was pretty severe. Uh, but uh, she said they barely made a dent in her pain. She kept looking for a new solution. And in 2017, she got prescribed CBD oil. It's a derivative of cannabis. And many people uh, use that medically. She informed the TTC, and at first she was allowed to take it, uh, but was told not to use it close to her shift. Similar to opioids, you're not supposed to take them within eight hours of being, in her case, at the head of a subway train. Uh, she said that the oil made a huge difference. After three days, I could not believe the difference. I was like, wow, this is a miracle. I had not felt this good in 15 years. The inflammation in my joints was gone. I could walk better, move better. I slept better. So I went from taking so many medications to just one. A couple months later, the TTC told her, however, she could no longer take medicinal cannabis because she had a safety-sensitive job. And so they said she could take it on weekends and holidays, but not work days. Uh, by September, a couple months after that, she said she got what she thought was a threatening letter from the TTC saying she couldn't take it at all. The employer needed a letter from the doctor saying he wouldn't prescribe it to her. She's now back on opioids and uh, says that they make her groggy and foggy. And really, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, maybe that's less safe, too, even if she doesn't take them within eight hours of the shift. And she's going to keep fighting this because she said that uh, she is being discriminated against because of her pain. I want to get a sense of where this leaves uh, the TTC and her, what her rights are and what an employer's rights are, because I have a feeling... This is going to become more common when cannabis is legalized and when people start turning also more to things like CBD oil for pain. So joining us now is Lior Samfiru, 640 Toronto's employment law expert. Hi, Lior. Good afternoon, Tasha. Good afternoon. So, okay, let's, uh, let's this woman, Elaine Farrell, what are her rights in this situation? So given the fact that she has a medical condition, a recognized medical condition, uh, she has to be provided with accommodation. And that may mean tolerating, if possible, the, the uh, preferred or the, uh, the best course of treatment that she has to undergo. Uh, and to the extent that that impacts her job, the employer, if possible, has to provide reasonable accommodation, which, uh, which in some situations may mean tolerating that she may not necessarily be able to perform, or in other situations may mean putting her in a position that's more appropriate. Uh, so that's her rights. Then, of course, the other side of the coin would be the rights of the TTC, which is where this matter uh, really gets interesting. Yeah, um, and apparently, speaking of compromise, they did offer her a different position with the TTC that didn't pay as much. And uh, so she, I think, didn't really want to go there for that. Um, but what are the rights of the TTC? What's the position they have legally here? Well, they have to obviously provide accommodation. And that, that accommodation has to be based not on what they think is appropriate or, for that matter, what the employee thinks is appropriate. Is based, if, if we're talking about the, because of a medical condition, based on what doctors say is appropriate, what's, what the, the, uh, uh, the medical uh, requirement dictates here. So in some situations, an employee may not be able to 
to sit for uh, for periods of time, and if that's what a doctor says, they have to accommodate and provide a job where someone can stand or sit, as the case may be. In this particular situation, yes, if they believe and they have reason to believe that she cannot do the job safely, given the fact that she's taking this uh, cannabis oil medication, they can find her another job. Of course, she's not happy with that because it pays less. The, the reality is this all comes down to can TTC prove, and it's their burden, their onus to prove that there's a, there's a real risk that if she were to be allowed to drive the subway or to operate the, the vehicle, given this medication that she's on, that there will be a safety issue. And there can't really be any tolerance or any wiggle room when it comes to these safety-sensitive positions. She's not in an office uh, typing on a computer. She's driving a, a vehicle that can hurt a lot of people if she doesn't do her job at 100% capacity. But ultimately, the TTC is going to have to be able to show that there's reasonable medical evidence or medical concern that her, uh, her capacity may somehow be compromised with this medication. Well, where do things stand on that with CBD oil? Because it's not supposed to be, uh, you know, uh, intoxicating. It's supposed to be a derivative of cannabis, and more and more people are taking it. Are there any other cases? Are there any guidelines that employers have? And, and you know, we're, we're just now learning more about those things, and we're getting more and more medical information. The prevailing view is that someone's not going to be intoxicated or incapacitated by taking this medication. But there are still those that have, uh, in the medical community, that have expressed concerns, that have said that this could, in some situations, uh, impact uh, the, the person's capacity for a limited period of time. And because of that, and that's what the TTC, my understanding, was told by the person that they've consulted with, and they were now willing to take that risk. Ultimately, the, the adjudicator in the situation, and this is a union grievance, so they'll be before an arbitrator, will have to weigh the evidence and determine who's right and who's wrong here. But I can tell you that if there's even the suggestion that uh, there could be incapacity or that there could be some form of intoxication, an arbitrator is going to err on the side of safety, both for the employee and the public at large, and will say, until we know for sure that there's no safety issue, we have to side with the TTC here. Yeah, what's interesting is that, um, you know, she can take the opioids, which, as she said, impair her judgment. You're not supposed to drive, I believe, when you're on them, and they tell her that she can't take them within eight hours of her shift. But the CBD, they rule it out completely. They're not even, like, allowing that within. And that's what I find interesting, why this distinction between the CBD and the opioids. They would have had to do that, absolutely have had to do that, based on some medical evidence that they were provided, or a medical opinion, an expert opinion. They could not make that decision on their own. And if they did, certainly there's going to be repercussions to that. But if they can show that they, provided, they were provided with a, ma- a valid medical opinion, that uh, there's a difference between the opioids and the cannabis oil, and that she shouldn't be taking that at all, the, the cannabis oil, if she's going to be uh, driving, then I, I think that... Given the fact that we're still learning about the, these types of treatments, this type of medication, and given the fact that uh, even the slightest error here, we, we have to err on the side of caution because uh, the slightest error is going to be potentially disastrous, I don't think that uh, anyone's going to be rushing to say, well, we think it's fine, so go ahead and take your cannabis oil and, and, and drive the subway. Right, and I'm wondering if this has also to do with the fact that the TTC now has uh, random drug testing, um, as marijuana becomes legalized, the recreational form of it uh, will be legalized in uh, October. And uh, they've been preparing for that. And I'm wondering if maybe this is part of that, because uh, if you're going to test employees 
for drugs, if you're going to test employees for pot, um, the employee could turn around and say, oh, it's medicinal, you know, as an excuse, not saying people all would be, but, you know, if you're caught, you might say, and then the employer is in a weird position. If they allow medicinal cannabis, they'll be like, uh, what can we do? D- do you think the drug testing could be part of this equation? And, and has is it um, something for a, a corporation like the TTC, where there is public safety, uh, something that they, they have to have? Yes, I, I think so, especially when there's, there's safety issues. Uh, I, I think our courts have made it clear that even though we don't generally like random testing, but when it comes to safety-sensitive positions where there's a good reason, something you're really trying to protect, we're going to allow those in, uh, those types of tests in those uh, limited circumstances. And I think that uh, with TTC, you will see more, and in other similar organizations when uh, the random tests happen, that uh, some people are going to be found to be either taking these drugs or uh, under the influence. And because of that, there's going to be that that discussion about accommodation. You cannot say, well, you're taking these types of medications, whether it's medicinal or otherwise, therefore you're punished, therefore you can't do the job. There has to be a rational connection between the impairment, if there is one, and the job. And so those are discussions that the TTC and other organizations are going to have to have now, especially with the legalization of marijuana. Uh, and there's no perfect answers here. And it's going to take some time before we, we as, as, as lawyers, as a society, as, as um, uh, doctors, before we figure that all out. Yeah, that was my, uh, I want to wrap it up with that, basically, and ask you the question, um, what do you expect when marijuana is legalized? What should employers expect? How could they prepare themselves for maybe a similar situation? Well, first thing I'll say is the fact that marijuana is going to be legal does not mean that an employer has to allow uh, their uh, its employees to to use marijuana. Just like you know, alcohol is, is legal, but you certainly don't have to allow people to drink at work or to be intoxicated at work. So right off the bat, employers should have policies in terms of what's acceptable, what's not. Are you allowed to to use marijuana? Are you not? And and what happens if you do? Uh, so that's number one. But in terms of medicinal marijuana, employers have to understand they have to accommodate. They can't uh, jump to conclusions. They can't be prejudiced uh, or, or jump to these preconceived notions. I uh, have to have an open mind and uh, remember that if accommodation is possible, then it has to be, uh, it has to be done. Okay. Uh, very good advice. want to thank you so much for bringing it to all our listeners. Lior Samfiru is 640 Toronto's employment law expert. Thank you, Lior. Thank you, Tasha.